Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Dev, the voice from the All Righteous Podcast. And Don Jones, a.k.a. Baritone Jones. You know, the most versatile last name in the game, Bansal Benson. This dude never stops. Listen, y'all, we've been <laughs> gone for a long time, and we know that. But while we've been gone, we've been working on a very big project. I saw that side eye. We've been working on a, we've been working on a very big project for y'all, especially with everything that's going on. Um, our condolences to the entire George Floyd family and everybody across the country who we know can um, relate and connect to that. So what we did was we put together a huge project where we organized influencers, entrepreneurs, and a bunch of different creatives to help process and analyze these issues with us. We named this project Safe Space. So this is a big thing. We had a couple sponsors who helped us put this project together. So let's talk about those sponsors. We got Under God by Field. Yes, sir. We have Deja White Graphic Design at DejaWhite.com. We've got the... Uh DC Athletics, one and only. DC Athletics. <laughs> Don Jones. Seriously, listen, these sponsors really helped us create a moment, and uh, we want to share that with you. So once again, thank you all for always liking, subscribe, and vibe. This project is called Safe Space. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the very first episode of Safe Space. Uh, I have a lot. It's a lot that's going on in the world, and I got a lot of talented um, and very influential content creators, entrepreneurs, um, politics, uh, some really great people in the room to really just discuss and process everything that's going on in Cleveland, in America, in the world, everywhere. Um, and so I'm going to have my panel introduce themselves. Um, Don Jones, a.k.a. Baritone Jones from the Outrighteous Podcast. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to move this right here. I'll talk low. Um, I'm Cartel from the Coffee and Cream Podcast. <laughs> Do your thing. Wait, is the sound good? Sound is still good? Cool. Most versatile last name in the game, Ben Saul Benson. You know, the most famous man that no one knows yet. Yeah. <laughs> Are you really famous? I don't know yet. Um, my name is Jordan. Um, I'm a media influencer with Love Sis. My name is Shamaya. Um, I'm one half of Faith and F Poise podcast. What's up, everyone? My name is Kristen, and I have a YouTube channel, and it is Kristen Lorraine. Can you talk about how y'all are really diverse? And I feel like a damn, I ain't nobody at this point. Dude, <laughs> no, I'm not going to you. Yo, Alex does everything. This is. Hola, I'm Alex. Um, I'm a model, a dancer. I have a clothing line as well. Um, Name of the clothing line, please. It's called 111. It's don't come on here and be shy, bro. Alright, my name is Eric. I'm a second year law student. My name is Ace, and I am the other half of the Coffee and Cream podcast. Hey. Oh, hey. I know, right? So, wait, did you introduce the coffee and cream? Did you say coffee and cream when you? No, I was going to say, yo, y'all got to get I in sync. Yeah, you're not in sync. Y'all got to go through your business structure. I know, right? <laughs> Johnny. Um, yo, so first off, um, none of you all really know what the topics are yet because I wanted to. Um, have this conversation fresh, especially right now um, after the passing of George Floyd, tragically after the passing of, and I hope I get this right, is it Desmond Franklin? Is that the mm -hmm. Cleveland? Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, so this conversation is, is very, very, very important. Um, what I want to talk about today with all of you is two theories um, that have been discussed throughout time since policing or police have even come about. These theories are the very first one is community policing versus traditional policing. These are the two, these are what we are going to be discussing today. Community policing versus traditional policing. Do I need to read the community policing definition? Don't feel ashamed if oh, I do. Yeah, I need that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, this is why I like people who, who like, yo, I need to know. Okay. I knew, by the way, Johnny introduced himself. He didn't know what it was. So, <laughs> um, Community, poli <laughs> community policing is a philosophy that uses problem solving and community partnerships to solve um, issues and crime within a community. So some examples of poli po community policing are um, police officers having on foot patrols, um, police officers partnering with nonprofits in an organization, different organizations in the community. Um, 
to better know the residents of the community. The idea behind community policing is to be um, proactive versus reactive. So in a sense, community policing is, is policing the communities before crime happens, but through relationships. Traditional policing is a lot of what our community, and when I say our community, I mean the black community, every community, but especially in the black community, is what we have to endure, um, and really it's what we get. Um, traditional policing is reactive, and tra in traditional policing, cops go out intentionally and look for crime versus playing their playing a role in the community and having that relationship. Some com some traditional police and things that I think that we've all seen. And um, once I give these examples, if you have some that you may have experienced or seen, then just let me know. But some traditional some traditional policing that we'll see is recently there was a video of uh, uh, a man, another black man in Marks in, oh, I'm not going to give the location of the Marks. I'm going to save them. I'm going to save them. I was about to give the location of the Marks, man. Yo, I was about to give the location of the Marks, but I'm going to spare them just in case they come back around with the sponsorship. <laughs> Yo, let me find out we get sponsored by Marks. But um, so there was a young man, a young black man in the Marks, and two police officers like approached him uh, physically, it, it became a physical altercation where they were saying that he looked familiar to somebody that they were looking for. And basically, um, like I said, it, it ended up becoming a big altercation and got physical. Um, so those are traditional policing things, almost where police will do things because they have the authority, yeah. the right. Um, when you all hear these definitions and the differences between community and traditional policing. What are some of y'all like first reactions to that? Or just hearing it? Like, are you sort of like, oh well, I didn't, I never even heard of community policing yeah, before. I never heard yeah, of I never heard of mm -hmm. But I've definitely seen it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I, I think that like civilian review boards have been something. That Grab the mic. Yeah. yeah, civilian review boards. I think it's kind of a little bit different than community policing, but it's still mm -hmm. kind of in that same area. And I think that that's something that uh, people are pushing to implement and could make a difference. With the civilian review boards, can you give more on what? Yeah, civilian re review boards. So it would be like, for example, like say you were a part of the civilian re review board. So um, what's been put out so far, I think, is that you know if there's some type of police misconduct that you could uh, be in charge of, like firing the police. I think that the civilian re review boards should definitely include hiring police as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that could be a, a is you no know, community policing or you know regular policing, whatever. I think that that's something that. Um, outside of these, after these protests, I, I think that that's something that's going to be implemented that people are going to be pushing for because it's clear that if the community is not a part of hiring or firing the police, mm -hmm. then the police are going to be able to yeah. do whatever they want to, yeah. and then we're going to have the same issues that we've been having for the last hundred or so years. That's why we brought you on. If you could pass the mic down to Shamaya, please. Hi. Um, so yeah, I think we see community policing um, more so with white mm -hmm. communities. That's mm -hmm. more so the relationships they have. Um, I went to a rally with uh, Bashir Jones, Councilman Bashir Jones, and um, he was talking about sort of like what you were just talking about. Um, we should have a part in how police are promoted and um, not only I guess their higher ups being on the board but also community members being on the board us being able to see what their record looks like um, and determine if they get that higher status because right. they are supposed to be here to serve us like we pay them to protect us not Max. police us so Max. yeah I, I love that I think that's something we should look forward to um, now do we know if that is less cost efficient, the community mm. policing? Um, so no, I don't personally know that. I'm, I think that that's something that um, uh, like over certain legislation would have to pass and then we, we would figure that out. Eric, do you know if? Yeah, I could, I could jump in real quick. So that's going to correspond. Yeah, it's going to depend on the community because you have some, you have some communities that want uh, Civilian uh, review boards to include like felon, uh, you know, felons and things like that. They're probably gonna want to get paid, so it, it, that just depends on you know. Right. It depends on if you're paying them or not. I think they should get paid, um, but there are like smaller ones. Like I know in Warrensville they have like a, a group of seniors who 
um, kind of work with hiring police and things like that. They don't get paid. You know, obviously, they're seniors, they're retirees. Um, I think they should get paid, especially, uh, you know, this recent push is that they want young black men to be on the board. Mm -hmm. I think they should get paid, yeah. especially if the police are getting paid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so it just depends, really. Depends on the city. Like, a city like, I don't want to, I don't want to name any cities, but like there's some <coughs> cities like in Cleveland, for example, that or in North Ohio that probably can't afford to pay. And so that's what I, people. that's yeah. what I wanted to talk about. Oh, did you have something you wanted to add? Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say, growing up, um, it's funny they actually hear the definition of the difference because sometimes you don't define things. Right. And growing up, I felt like I seen a lot of community policing because of my school, like. Um, um, what was the dog? He wore the brown coat. You know, they would just come to your school yeah, like, and show you things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so I don't feel like necessarily. Wait, you talking about dare? Or are you talking about? No, it, it was like. It was like. They used to like dress up. Yeah, it was. McGruff the dog or something they, like that. McGruff the crime dog. Y'all went to, yeah, yeah, went to uh, the crime Heights, dog. Cleveland Heights together? No, I didn't. That sounds like Cleveland Heights. But it's just funny because I don't necessarily personally feel like I grew up necessarily being afraid of the police because they came to my school. But as I grow up, up and see them and the things that they're doing I feel like that's what actually initiated the terror so that with the fear so seeing those like hearing those different definitions I can see like being scared of the police but then not, not being scared of the police at the yeah. same time yeah like there's also like organizations that like nonprofits that um like police in the community like walk around right maybe a couple like it's like something angels I can't remember what they're called mm -hmm. but there's other organizations too that go around maybe they have like their concealed carry license and stuff like that that go around police but to me personally, I'm a big advocate of like people are, that are from the community should be hired as police officers. You know, mm. like, it to me doesn't make sense that. Now I understand every black male don't want to be a police officer, and that's cool. But it should be people that you know. If you come from urban community, you don't have to come from Cleveland. You could come from like maybe an urban environment, but you should be able to understand the people that you're serving. Because yeah. you coming from Pepper Pike, and then you trying to be in EC, and you don't even know the lingo, the vibes, or just. Even how to understand what's going on, you know. And I think that's exactly what we saw with the Tamir Rice situation because I think that that police officer was police officer in some I don't want to call it backwater suburb, but some suburb, and um, yeah, Independence. Yeah, I'm so I'm trying hard not to diss anybody. You can say hey, that. That's a city. But low key, I got I got smoke for Independence because I got a couple tickets. I got smoke for Cleveland Heights. Yeah. <laughs> so I got Cleveland Heights is another. Monster. <laughs> if you hear your city in this, stand up. Um, <laughs> but so so yeah, so he was policing at Independence, and I think that they let him go because they were saying that he was too uh, shaky, too nervous um, when he was on patrol, and so he ended up. But policing in Cleveland. At one point that maybe can be a problem with community policing is a sense of bias mm -hmm. in like situations. Yeah, yeah. So like, and I'm not saying that in these communities like major crime happens all the time, but save you in a situation where it's like you maybe have to look the other way. Like he might look the other way because I know this person, and he's mm -hmm. might committed a real crime. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And you know, crime or not, like you can't have people selling dope on right. the corner. You know what I'm saying? Or commit murders, or theft, or something like that. You're like ah. No homie, yeah. right? You know, and I want to. I'm sorry, just real quick. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I want to chime into that because that just goes into training. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's a way to approach that situation. Maybe you don't want to give him a ticket, but it's like, hey man, come on, you can't be doing like talk to him. And then after a while, like, all right, I'll talk to you for the second time. And I think that's where it just goes all into training. There's no way somebody should be in training longer to be a, a, a barber and cut hair than somebody that's mm -hmm. going to be mm -hmm. a, going to the police exactly. cat. Yo, can we get a can we cut? So <laughs> I just think that I think that that will go into training because I do respect that. Because if I see my homie on the corner doing something, like, hey, I got to give you a ticket, you know. But if I keep coaching and you not learning, then it's like, all right, you touching the stove long enough to show us. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it's touch based off of what she was saying. Um, I feel like when it comes to community policing and everything of that nature, once you know the individual and what they're going through, whether it's behind closed doors or out in public, you know how to address the situation accordingly. Right. So regardless of if they're stealing some candy from a store or they hit somebody with a car or whatever the case may be. Yeah, yeah. But like you will understand more of what's going on behind closed doors or with right. the individual to know mm -hmm. how to address the situation instead of you just instantly going from zero to a hundred and have no idea what you're getting yourself into and now right. this person is unfortunately dead or hurt or whatever the case is yeah. at that point. Pass it to Shamai, please. Yeah, I was just gonna say, yeah, if die. community policing is um, more cost efficient than mm -hmm. the way uh, policing is now that we can have more of a fund towards the communities that are you know underprivileged and I think a lot of people 
um, we might see behavior changes um, when they see opportunities, when, when they see like there is money to access for me to have a better quality of life. Right now, the communities, they're like, it's like a war zone. So right. why would anybody treat it to a higher standard? So I have a question for your audience. So do y'all feel safe when you are around the police or when you interacting with the police? No, <laughs> no. Dev, I don't know if, if you have a question about like defunding the police, mm -hmm. but there's been like this. We can talk about it, let's yeah, talk about yeah. it. So there's, just like kind of related to your answer though, there's, I mean, to your question, there's like this push in Minneapolis recently, I don't know if you all seen that they asked the mayor to defund the police and he said no and they like shamed him out of the protest. I saw that. Yeah, I think <sighs> defunding yeah. the police would be like incredibly bad. Um, just looking at like history, looking at like what's going on in South Africa right now, you're gonna end up with a lot of private police forces in suburbs. Mm -hmm. um, they're going to be fully armored and, and, and doing all types of stuff. I think we should feel safe. I think there's been times where I felt safe around police officers, yeah. but there's too many bad cops out there. And like what you were saying earlier, the training has just proven that it hasn't been effective. Especially the city of Cleveland. I mean, it is a safe space. But not just it's not just in the city of Cleveland though. It's it's, it's everywhere. But like for example, and I, I once interned for a public official and a Cleveland Heights officer called me. It was a retired police officer, he confessed all his sins to me, talking about how they wow. were historically racist. I never even said this in like public before, but like he, the scoop. He, he, called, <laughs> yeah, right, was, he, he called and just told me that he was retired. He was like 70 something. And he told me about, you know, just them being racist, racial profiling, and it was super normal. And this is, you know, I don't know when he, I don't remember, like, this was back in 2016, but there's clearly an issue with, with hiring cops. And I heard that like Cleveland Heights is like one of the best police academies or whatever. Yeah. I've heard that. And so. if you have racism coming out of one of the top police academies, that kind of just shows you. Yeah. So. Um. So. Since we're being, you know, nice. Um. So I believe, you know, everybody. I you know, like everybody transparency. Course, transparency. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, everybody's of course got a story when it comes to police. I personally, will say, growing up, did feel safe around the police. Mm -hmm. But of course, you know, you're younger. You know, it's unfortunate that nowadays the younger kids aren't really feeling safe around the police, but. We'll say back in the early 90s, Fact. I felt relatively safe in front of the police um, until I got pulled over for the first time. Yeah. And then it was in my city, and everybody knows my city is Cleveland Heights, and it went from, and everybody knows if you get pulled over in Cleveland Heights, it's not just one police officer, they pull up with three more, and then and it, three to four, and then it's a whole ordeal. You're like, well, I might have just did a rolling stop or yeah. whatever the case may be. And the next thing you know, you're sitting on the curb and they're searching your car, um, especially depending on what car. Now, like I said, we can go into all these stories. You know, I'm sure everybody's got a, a story. Unfortunately, has a story. Uh, no, that's the thing. Life. And it's unfortunate yeah. that everybody has a, a positive, of course, potentially. And then, of course, a negative story. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't, you know, kind of defunding the police. I mean, uh, I'm not fully, you know, 100% hip on that, we'll say, but but it's not, poli you know, police officers are there to protect us. You know, protect quote, and serve. Unquote. Quote, unquote, <laughs> protect <laughs> and serve. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, of course, recently in these situations, not even recently, and we'll say in the past decade, we'll even say there hasn't been an instance where you can honestly sit there and say, oh, I felt protected because they were serving me in the right way. <laughs> Oh, yeah, another bar. <laughs> Y'all, bef before, were you about to make another comment on that? Yeah, real quick. Go ahead. I feel like when it comes to, like, police and me feeling safe, like, it depends on the situation. Yeah. Now, it really depends on what it look like. If I see my man's with a buzz cut, that military buzz cut, I mark my head. Oh, wait, my, Johnny, with on. the tat on the you right hand? Yeah, yeah, like they got that straight, it's all It's all one even. No, I'm cool on it, but if I see a... Maybe a brother, I'd be less scared, but I'm still on my toes, though. Yeah. But even the situation, I was 16, me and my homeboys walking down the street at night, and we got pulled over by, like, six cop cars. Scoop, scoop, scoop. I'm like, oh, we about to go down. Right. So, you know, we do the, we assume the position. Yeah. You feel me? Before they even say anything, I'm coming down. I already know my, you know what I mean, my rights. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah well, where y'all been at? All the other stuff. Cop pulls up. Black cop, that I always know. Mm -hmm. like, no, they didn't do it. Yeah. Do what? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He like. He's like, yeah, someone stole a lawnmower. Oh, God. Yeah, nice I was like, what? A lawnmower? <laughs> yeah. Like, you feel me? So it's like a, 
It's like dang around we're white. We're just like, I, it depends on the situation. Like, mm -hmm. yo, if I'm in a big crowd of people in a, in a festival fair, yes, I, I need police there because you never know what's about to happen. Yeah. But in the same time, too, like, when police pull me over, I'm not playing no games. Like, mm -hmm. I'm, yo, you never know. Mm -hmm. And a dashboard was popping. What's, what's up? What you need? Yeah. All right, cool. I'm asking questions. I did what? Cool. I did this. Uh -huh. I, okay, I did. <laughs> Even though they ain't well, I know I didn't hit that turn. Oh, yeah, too. I did. Like, hey, look, you can't, it's unfortunate. You can't, at least for at least the in situations I've been in, you can't ask the question. Mm. It's unfortunate you can't ask, why mm. did you pull me over? It's, mm. Yes, sir. And then I'm the type, because of what I've seen and what I've been through personally, I'm asking, is it okay three, four times before I, oh, my, okay, my, my registration is in my glove compartment. I want you to feel safe. Can I go in my glove right, compartment? Right, right, right. Are you sure? Right. And, and it's broad daylight like this, like mm -hmm. this beautiful day. Are you sure? Yeah. And then I have to warn them, like, my, where my registration is, it's in a black, um, like, folder. Yeah. It's a black folder in my glove compartment. So if I open up my glove compartment, it's, like, it's a folder. Yeah. I, I want you to feel safe. Right, right. I wanted to ask y'all this. When we talk about the community policing, and Eric, you brought up a good point with defunding the police. Um, in, in the past, in black communities, we were, uh, we had the opportunity to where we had different leaders and people in the community to almost police itself. And so one of the, the original creation of things like the Black Panther Party were to police the police and keep the people in those communities safe. Do you all think that even when you take in consideration the fact that there may be review boards and different people that we can put in positions for certain cities, is that possible nationwide? Yeah, I think it's totally possible, mm -hmm. but it's, it's gonna get um, kind of like Hunger Games-ish type of thing where it's like you would need um, you know, for example, you take take a black city, like a predominantly black city mm -hmm. in Northeast Ohio that we're close to or whatever, you would need to say, okay, like we need, we need cops. So like you would have to, you can't have a graduating class without like a certain amount of people being cops. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of, it's kind of needed. I mean, as long as you can pay those folks, like there's going to be some people who want to be cops, but like you're going to have to pay those folks, but again, it kind of gets into like the systemic racism and things that come from that root. The reason why black kids don't have certain graduation rates compared to like other white cities, or the, the reason why the reading and literacy rates aren't the same as other white cities. Mm -hmm. um, because that's, I mean, you need to be able to read to be a cop. You need to be able to do certain things to be a cop, handle certain paperwork. Uh, Which clearly still isn't being met at the requirement, but <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, yeah, it's, but, but we need that, like we need black cops um, at the end of the day, so whether it's through the government or through community policing, you still need folks who are on our side that can use a weapon the right way, and because, you know, community, like the idea of like community policing and all that stuff is like, it's cool, but it's like, okay, when you have a domestic violence incident with a guy with a gun, and all that stuff, or who's like holding somebody hostage, so, who's gonna go in and save that person. So, from, so I was doing a lot of research on these two things and the difference with community policing. So, um, community policing in itself is a task force in itself, right? So you would have a certain group of officers who they work in the community. Um, because then that would build up the familiar familiarity, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got me. Talk twister. Public school. We talk about Cleveland. So so um so it, it's it's different. You have a task force specifically for that. So if there is a domestic violence incident, the community police officer isn't the officer that's taking on that incident. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. when it gets to those extremes, then that's when you have police officers for that. You, we can pass the mic down. So I was on Instagram and I seen, uh, I don't know which state it was, um, but they were trying to say somehow implementing social workers um, mm. to, to collab with police so when there are like domestic violence or any type of um, mental health 
um, related situation, you can bring them out, which I, I thought was brilliant because social workers, they already don't get paid enough. Yeah, so yeah, I think, yeah. and, they, and, the and they hold degrees, <laughs> yeah. they know the history, know the history yeah. and, and so I think there needs to be more collaboration with um, just um, medical professionals, mm -hmm. like mental illness especially, um, so yeah. Yeah. Real quick, because I have a degree in social work, so that would be a part of me. Uh -huh. And one thing about that is they would have to make me feel comfortable with police officers. as a Because before I'm a social worker, I'm a black woman. Mm. So Wait, yo, is that your second quotable? I need to feel safe because I don't feel safe around police officers, and I hate to feel that way because... I um, work with kids and I want them to feel safe around police officers because when I was younger I did and I want to have kids but I don't feel safe around them so well I feel like we'll get in this situation and I am trying to intervene and I'm trying to you know, I'm trying to help this couple but here you go busting in with your gun doing the most yeah. like no we need it all goes back to training if as a social worker if you want me to come in and step in with a police officer he needs to be trained first y'all whooped my ass and told me I had to go back to school because my bachelor's wasn't enough. Then I have to pass this test. Like, y'all tell me so much, but then he, he just can bust in here with his gun and shoot everybody, and now as a social worker, I'm traumatized, and I'm still black. So, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I clapped already. Talk, go on. I clapped 10 seconds ago. Yeah. And, and, and I'm gonna be honest with you, and, and this is just my personal opinion, like training, that man, that's great, that's perfect, but to me, at the end of the day, if that, officer especially isn't familiar with that area or norms they're gonna you know be afraid and you know what comes with fear everything else follows so it's like you know if you're afraid you're afraid of what you don't know or you don't understand so with them not understanding certain norms or what's we'll it just say even in the black community you're like okay well okay let me let me walk up to this car let me walk up in this house with my hand already on my already on my gun yeah yo the funny thing is is i think that we looking at this from this perspective of like who we are individually. Like we all are like, yo, I'm gonna do this because this is what I'm passionate about, this is what I wanna do. We almost are discussing this from the perspective of assuming that every police officer wants to protect and really serve, but just doesn't know how. But that's not always the case. There are people who become police officers because they was bullied in high school and they like, yo, I'm ready to put the badge. So some people are choosing this profession because they're malicious. And, and Training can't stop that. So when I brought up the point of potentially policing our own communities, we would then, you, you know, it's, it's layers to that, but then those responsibilities to take care of people and to take care of us falls back on us. But when you come to policing your community, you got to also to look at the community. So now, right. back years ago a community was way different what a community is now community is your, your community it doesn't have to be where you physically live at it can mm. be we all this is a community right here but we don't physically live with each other right you have a community on twitter instagram all mm -hmm. social medias we'll do whatever mm -hmm. so you understand too like the person might live in cleveland heights or live in like off broadway but right. he might not do nothing and that in you might go over here, date this girl over here, do this over right. here. You're not even at home. What to be community police? Even times I've been in my own community, I'm like, did I happen last week? Yeah. Oh, yeah. who would have been there? Yeah. Who is a mayor? You feel me? Who my councilman? I don't even know about. I don't even work. You got councilmen in a city that's three blocks. I'm trying super hard not to name people. So, in my opinion, when it comes to defunding, I want to never say defund the police because that's I, police are needed. Mm -hmm. If you have laws, you need someone to enforce laws. Mm -hmm. How they enforce them is a whole different conversation. They know the laws that's the thing too. They only, they're not in training long enough. That's facts. So I'm talking about just the bare. Let's just be real. But the Wait, bare, hold on. Let me pass the, the mic. When you get done, I'm gonna pass the mic. The roots of it. You need someone to enforce laws, mm. bare roots. However, I think money needs to be allocated differently. Do I need? Do you need the newest armored truck Humvee to bust down the door? You probably don't need that. But do we need to? <laughs> do we need to put that? Maybe that money you want to buy some of this new gear, yeah. some that those maybe once the bullets your head faster. Yeah. No, let's allocate this money to going to schools, doing this. Yeah. Yo, maybe we need more bike cops. Why do we need more cops on horses? Mm -hmm. Maybe we need cops doing this. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Little stuff like that. Yeah. Did you bring your back? What? Your back? My 
Yeah, you in it? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also think it's the mental capacity of police officers as well. They don't look into that as much because, like you said, some people go into the profession thinking, oh, I was bullied, so now I'm about to go back and terrorize people who bully me right. or whatever, or even having the officers who are from Pepper Pike who are um, policing in our inner communities, and they're looking at as basically you just a black person. Mm -hmm. You're less than me. I don't care. Y'all doing all this extra crazy stuff here. So I also think that like when you go to college, for the most part, you have to sometimes, like a master's degree, you have to what, um, send in like a a resume or, you know, um, letters of recommendation, things mm. like that. I feel like they should also implement that mm. into the police academy as well to know, I want to know your background. Right. We already do background checks on you, but what really, you know, happened as a kid? Like, why do you want to be a police officer? Right. Again, we can't um, blame, we can't get mad at black people wanting to be black cops because we need black cops in our community. But we also need to um, understand why they want to be cops. Because mm -hmm. we look at, a lot of younger men look at black cops as you the enemy. But yeah. in reality, I'm trying to help y'all. I'm trying to let you know you can be a cop as well. Like, you can help your community as well. And it also goes back to just the mental, the mental part of it. So, hold on one second, Johnny. So, that's, um, that, that's the perfect segue into this. I, I want to think about, um, is our community open? To being community policed and I'm saying let's think bigger than ourselves let's think bigger than who we are let's think of the factors in our community let's think of the people who raised us or people who may have told us to be weary of the police officers thinking as deep as possible about the different layers to our community do you think that our community is really open to be policed because from my experiences um, and the people who who have helped me become who I am there weren't conversations or people encouraging black people specifically to become police officers or to build relationships with police officers. And from my experience, and I'm always only going to talk about my experience, um, black people who've tried to become police officers have only been boxed into their communities. Mm -hmm. So how you can be from Pepper Pike and go to police academy or whatever you're doing in Pepper Pike and then end up being a police officer in East Cleveland, you don't have that same opportunity when you grew up in East Cleveland and you're like, yo, I want to police in Pepper Pike. Cause they protect their own. Can I say something? Yeah. Um, I think it goes back to when Obama was in office. A lot of people weren't voting. Yeah. But if you get our people excited enough to say, hey, we can implement this change, we can change our communities, I think if we rallied the community up enough, we would get some type of answers. I don't think that it would be overnight for sure. And I think that's a great question to bring up. But I said I feel like we see that our community, once we get excited for something or once we get riled up, we could have been riding for we, we right. had hundreds of years of it, but with the George Floyd thing, you know what I'm saying? People woke up, and, you yeah. know, with, with Obama in office, people was like, "Oh, a black president!" Yeah. <laughs> people yeah. who never voted before. So I think if we rile our community up and say, "Hey, these are things we're going to implement. This is how the community cops will go. This is how the we can get right. it together." You know what I'm saying? It might be something. It's going to take do. time. Yeah, for yeah, sure, yeah. For sure, for mm -hmm. sure, especially because the older generation. Big listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The older generation, but no, just to piggyback off what you said, like the power and numbers that we have is outstanding. Like the fact that we can do so much, it makes you realize that we have so much more power than what we honestly think we do. Mm -hmm. And granted, like with this whole George Floyd incident, everyone protests around the world. So mm -hmm. like just to notice that you can do so much and to be the minority of the country, it kind of shows how much power we really have in numbers. It's honestly just putting the foot forth to actually go about that situation the right way, yeah. it can be accomplished. Right. So I mean, obviously educating them about what we're gonna do and how we're gonna do policing this, this and the third, yeah. it can be done. It's not gonna be happening overnight, obviously. It's gonna take some time, some learning, this, that, and the third, blah, blah, blah. But over time, I feel like it can be done. Right. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> man, it's just like. Wait, before you get unprofessional, let me professionally. <laughs> Let me professionally thank everybody else who said something before Johnny That's got crazy. the money. <laughs> I just feel like there's other ways. I mean, like, community policing is, is good, mm -hmm. but it depends too much on people caring. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, if people don't give a fuck, then people not going to do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How long? Yeah. It, it's, it might be cool now. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm scared of. I'm not saying it's not possible. What I'm saying I'm scared now is, like, you care now. How long you don't care for? How right. long is your engagement gonna be? My my thing is like we should have situations where it's like yo, cause in my when every time you see a, a black uh, not black officer kill somebody, yeah, s s s many times he's had a record 
of doing wild stuff before him. <laughs> Why is it no situation where it's like you getting you getting yearly reviews by people like yo, if you've been in the force for ten years mm -hmm. and you wilding, you can't you can't go you're not coming back. <laughs> you're not coming back. You can't get promotions. Yeah. You also too, what well, yo, if you've been on the beat for twenty something years, you not ranking up and moving up and you shoot are you shooting people? Yeah. And you're doing a whole bunch of wild stuff. Why are you not getting a third party company or third party psychologist mm. to come in and do a mental reviews on people? Why is that not happening? You just been on the force for twenty years. Yeah. Homeboy been shooting people for turn to order of police like Right. You feel me? Don't check up on him. he one of ours. Yeah. You feel me? Why is not third party companies coming in and really evaluating stuff? Because when the FBI like when the FBI came in, this before, it wasn't even shootings happening around that time when the FBI came into Cleveland police and said, Yo, you're you're wild. Yeah. Y'all was doing too much. Yeah. The FBI to come in. And it wasn't like a shooting happened. It wasn't like anything happened during that time. The FBI was like, Do you all know oh, no. what's the specific situation with the Desmond Franklin case? Gosh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I read on it. It's on the um, Cleveland NAACP uh, mm -hmm. Instagram page. Um, from what I know, him and the officer were both riding side by side with each other in a car, two separate cars, of course. Um, and the cop was off duty. And um, the cop is claiming that Desmond like waved a gun or something at him because I oh, think they wow. had had an altercation maybe at like a gas station or something prior mm -hmm. to um, driving down the street. And so the cop pulled out his gun and shot, shot yeah. um, past the person in the driver's seat and shot him in the passenger seat. Wow. And he, he claims that, um, yeah, he waved a gun at him or something. Was the gun found? I don't know if the gun was found, but now they're, um, they, like, they're wanting um, the, who did they say, in Columbus, the... I can't think of the name. They want someone else to come in and do an investigation because my it's only fishy. yeah, you can. I want to say this really quick though. My only thing about outside investigations and all of this, like these these third party things, is that when you usually involve third parties in things, things become statistics. And so for a lot of us, we're talking about experiences. Mm -hmm. We're relating with experiences. Mm -hmm. People are hearing these stories and looking at statistics. So. What I'm saying is, is, is where is that, it, from what that sounds like to me, you can't build that bridge. Because you, you're, these people literally are in fear. These cops, I'm talking about. Cops are cops and scared. <laughs> like, I mean, it's community police, community or traditional. You can't stop that. Uh, yeah, I think that I think because of social media and everything, there's a lot of there's a lot of information coming out there that's like newer information that people are becoming like privy to. But you know, I think that there's also like a like within the black community, we don't fully know the law. Mm -hmm. and we know like the social media version of the law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because cops can kind of do there's like they can kind of do whatever they want, but there's a ceiling to it. Yeah. So a lot of times you're better off just getting arrested and going to jail, unfortunately, if if you're innocent. If you can make it there. Yeah, but like if yeah, if you didn't if you didn't do anything that like cop is coming up to you, harassing you and like arrest you or is trying to arrest you, you're better off just getting arrested and and doing yeah. the doing like the jail time or whatever and like getting out versus like fighting back. And I know it sounds like crazy because, you know, it's a natural it's a natural thing to like fight back, especially when you didn't do, do anything. <laughs> yeah. It's so crazy, but like that's like I'm just speaking this 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 issue specifically mm -hmm. um, because cops shouldn't be arresting people who didn't do anything. Yeah, you know. But um, a lot of cases, you know, that are out there, it's like people are kind of like resisting a little bit, and like mm -hmm. cops are going overboard. Mm -hmm. um, and that's like a whole other issue where it's like there's there's things that we can do to to make sure that the cops aren't going overboard, like civilian overboard or, or some type of other. Um, body that's over the police, yeah. um, policing the police. Because at the end of the day, right now, like if if a police officer does something to you that's messed up, it's the police that are gonna um, judge, what's judge what's happening to the police. Yeah, yeah. and it's a frater it, the police are a fraternal order. So you know you know you know what's gonna happen there. But it's you know we got to a gang. Yeah, low key. Just call it what it is. So so you we gotta like make sure we're kind of pushing like the right information out because. Mm -hmm. People are 
getting messed up or like having bad things happen to them. It's like, yo, police can low key do what they want to a certain extent, but they can put you in a car. If a, if a cop came up right here and was like, okay, like Eric, you're, you're under arrest because you have a warrant. It's nothing I can, you know, even though I know I don't have a warrant, I can like fight that later on with an attorney. My, my rebuttal, anything right now. my rebuttal to that though, is, is that those aren't how the situations have been playing out though. Like cops aren't, I'm not, I'm not arresting you or I'm not, we're not getting into this altercation because you have a warrant. I understand, I think that the, the world knows that police can pretty much do whatever they want, do whatever they want. Like that's not the conversation. The conversation I think is, is why are we not even having opportunities to make it to jail? Oh, facts. Yeah, I mean, especially like the George Floyd incident, it's like not related to that. I've seen some incidents where it's like cops are pulling up and like, a guy has, they think a guy has a warrant and they're like, yeah. oh, whatever. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, a bunch of other situations. Like the George Floyd incident, the cop was clearly out of line. Yeah, and way like out of Most likely cop, racist. Yeah. I know there were yeah, all the cops. cop that got yeah, real yeah, out of all line, the cops. but all of them were out of line. Yeah, they're, they're all out of line. And like that happens a lot too, which is like some, some whole other oh, issue. But again, it's like, it's the law. It's like what... How do we figure out how to like maneuver through this world until we create some type of other body? Because at the end of the day, nothing's gonna really change unless there's some other force that can hold police accountable. Because if it's the police holding the police accountable or judges holding police accountable who are all part of the same criminal justice system, which is currently extremely corrupt, especially for black people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're working against us and they've shown that even black judges, black cops are working against us. There's really nothing we can do right now until we get some other type of body to hold them accountable. Yeah. Um, so when you talk about, when, when you look at these different systems, um, what, and, and we look at the community policing, and as good as it sounds, um, are there specific situations or things that you've seen within the city of Cleveland that you feel like, you know, these are, these need to be addressed? Um, these are things that are hurting the city more than helping them. So for example, I'll even give one, and this may seem small or big compared to um, situations like George Floyd's or Breonna Taylor's, but even when you go into the city of East Cleveland and they have traffic cameras, for, every, for the city, that's great. For the people who live there, it's not great because you can be going 35 and a 30 and get a ticket. And several. Yeah. <laughs> so do you all have any specific um, things that you were like, hey, you know what, I saw this, this is what I'm looking, this, this is what I think that we need to change, or this is what I think that the city needs to do differently, especially with dealing with, what should police know when dealing with black people, with African Americans, you know, when approaching us? If not, we could. Wait, repeat the question for me. I'm saying, what do you think that, what, are there specific situations where you've either noticed, yo, these are weaknesses within the police department, or are their um, specific things that you say or that you feel like, hey, these are things that police should know when interacting and dealing with black people? I think just like police showing up to community events, yeah. police um, not just riding their cars, but being in a more like proactive, yeah. impressionable way. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like, I don't know, like when I, when I was a teenager, I saw like bike cops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, it might sound silly, but like, that's like, it was just different. You know what I mean? Seeing a, a cop on a bike, just yeah. like kicking around, rolling around, doing this thing. Like you racing down the street with your bike. You know what I'm saying? Like I definitely did like used that. to say, forget 12, but then I would see the horse cops and be like, yo. That's, that's <laughs> hot, like, yo. And you don't see that, you see it downtown. Yeah, you don't yeah, see yeah. like yeah. horse cops in the hood. And I don't know if, a, if a, that horse can go with the truck <laughs> or the, the potholes, yeah. but you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little yeah. stuff like that, or even yeah. not even get it, and even not even getting police. Like, getting the fire department and EMTs, like, because some people associate all of them with the same system. You know what I'm saying? You have to get somebody uniform yeah. in your communities just to walk around. Like, yo, like, a cop, even cop comes from the door, like, yo, like, you got a violation with your grass or your lawn, yeah. but do you need help taking your, need help taking this out this way? Like, you good? Like, yeah. we'll give you a ticket. Right. Cool, but you need help with your lawn? I'll cut your grass for you real quick. Like, not, like, on, like, yeah. little stuff like that can be, like, could take you a big way. Fuck with Rob, you feel me? Rob, yeah. cool. Yeah. He's not a bad cop. He's <laughs> bad. He ain't make that bad. So, what up, Dave? How much time do we have left? We got. Okay, is that forty minutes? Okay, go ahead. So, I completely one hundred percent agree. 
with you, Johnny. But I will just kind of throw this thought in there. Kind of, it's just it's just natural. I don't know if there's any type of community relations that's going to take away any sort of fear. I honestly don't because at the end of the day, they're still walking into situations already scared whether they need to be or not. Well, that's just ignorance at that point. For sure. 100% agree. That is complete ignorance. Like, and, and that's why, like we said earlier, it's like an independence cop coming to Cleveland Heights or coming to East Cleveland. You're like, oh, my goodness, I just pulled over somebody African-American. Oh, geez. Oh, what could they have in the car? Oh, geez. Yeah. Like, that's not. But that's. That's what? That's what, E? Come on, E. You know, Talk to me, E. I mean, yeah, let's bro, do it. You know people be carrying guns, you know what I'm saying? But I understand you know, it, and I know now we have out. CCW, well, but just because I pull you over, just because I pull you over I was as an African-American man doesn't mean, the gun, doesn't mean that you're about to shoot me. E, I'm not saying that people you, don't need to be aware of their surroundings, because as black people, as just people, we have to be aware of our surroundings. But my first thought when I pull you over isn't, shouldn't be, oh my goodness, when I get to that window, it's going to be a nine in my face, and I'm yeah. going to have to pull my gun. Hold on, wait, go ahead. Okay, just real quick. <laughs> this is the same, this is the same, I had this conversation with somebody else the other day, not this exact thing, but on the point of like, how they, how some people feel like they only carry guns because they're scared of black people. Listen. This is how I feel between all this shit. Just yeah. being equal opportunists. The same way when you ride down St. Clair and you feel like I need to hold my gun, when you get in mentor, just do the same thing. That's all we like, want. Like, if you, if, if you, as a cop, if he is scared because people shoot back at That's him, three. just respect that black people don't be the only ones that be shooting back. Mm -hmm. I try to get my parents to understand I low-key want to go to a school with a metal detector because my wife's school don't have one. So when they get mad one day and they come up in here, mm -hmm. just like they did 30 minutes from my school one day, come on, bro, you feel what I'm Saying, so that's all I'm saying. I, I, I hold 100 respect. I respect that. Be, be nervous because as a cop, you don't know. I know they get killed over minor, minute bullshit. But at the same time, like, just just be equal opportunist. If you're going to walk up on me like that, walk up on that white man and that homegirl like that. You feel me? That, that's all. Just equal opportunity. I I was just going to say, we would have to really change like how we portray black people in the media as well. Mm. Like, um, movies and TV, a lot of... Social media. White people, like... The thing with racism, the door swings both ways, okay? We think one thing about them, they think one thing about us. So mm -hmm. in order to change mm -hmm. that, we have to, like, really be able to represent ourselves to America. Right. And right. stop letting people tell our stories and perpetuate these same wow. narratives. Like, we have to get into these boardrooms and, you know, be executive producing our own movies and stuff and own TV shows, showing yeah. positivity. And it would have to challenge the status quo for a lot of white people. Like, okay, right? These they're normal. <laughs> they're, they're not crazy. They're okay. Yeah. So I want to challenge. Are you done? Yeah, yeah. I want to challenge that because I think that the 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 double-edged sword for us is is that why are white people allowed to have Jersey Shore, but we can't have? Love and hip hop because it doesn't represent us the right. What I'm saying is, is that it's part of that privilege. Yeah, but and so that's what I'm saying is, is are we going to hold ourselves to an unrealistic standard so that they can think more of us, or when are we going to get that level playing field? Real, real quick. <laughs> Yo, doctor, donations, <laughs> gifts. <laughs> yeah, like. Police are definitely act as like an occupying force, mm -hmm. like in black communities, like same way how like the, you know, look at Afghanistan and how the United States Army was over there as like an occupying force. So like in a lot of black communities, people are okay with people smoking weed, right? Mm -hmm. But in cities like Cleveland Heights, you know, the, that very racist police force, they... Yeah, we are yeah, forget Cleveland Heights, man. But yo, yo, Cle we'll like Cleveland Heights, something. there's a lot of there's a lot of cities, including Cleveland Heights and Euclid, and and get them all places. on the list. <laughs> Garfield, Shaker, <laughs> Shaker. Miller, yeah, Shaker, definitely. But they're pulling a lot of times. They're pulling over black folks just because they think you might have weed in the car and they're trying to arrest you for that. Mm -hmm. Weed is something that like a lot of black communities are okay with, but because of the laws, it's illegal. So the police are doing their 
job and trying to find weed. Which is interesting because then at that point it becomes bigger than the police and it becomes the laws that are in place. And that and yeah, and that's what I was getting to. Like it's it's the laws that are create that create because the police are doing a job. If a lot of these police out here, I mean, if you guys know any police officers or people who became police officers, mm -hmm. they party. They are the most wild. Pe I mean, yeah, they're, they're normal people. <laughs> they're the most wild people. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes mm -hmm. that become police officers or the criminal justice majors. They're wild. They're football players. They like to turn up, but at the end of the day, they're gonna do their job. And a lot of their job com uh, becomes like finding weeds, something that they used to do, or like, which is like, uh, because of the statistics, it's gonna, they're gonna end up pulling over more black people than white people because of that. And we end up in the situation that we're in now because of it. So, so I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna because like, how do you, it's one thing if we, you know, throw that word that they love to say is probable cause. So it's one thing if I'm right behind Eric, he's an African-American male, and I'm in my car with my window down, and I smell a whiff of weed coming from his car. That's one thing. I pull you over, son. My probable cause is this. But I can't see Eric leaning back in his chair, driving his car. It's a semi-nice car. Oh, he got to have weed in his car. He might be selling. He might have a pound in a trunk. So let's pull him over and let's find out. You have the right to pull me over, though, legally. They legally have the right so, to pull so me over. So wait, Don, let me, let me, wait, let me jump in with you legally, real quick. Wait, 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 There's legally, yes, I understand what they legally have the, have the right, have wait, the, the right faces, to do Wait, the faces, are we these faces right now? Because everybody just. Everybody got stale on you, boy. Can I paint a picture real quick? Can I paint a picture real quick? Okay. The police, the police is, okay. The, the, some, one, some of the, the worst tool for a police officer and the best tool for a police officer is to assume and prejudge. Mm. Now listen to what I'm saying. Because it might be moments where you be like this, mm, that don't look right, and it's, it's some real big shit going on, or mm, something look like and I'd kill somebody. Yeah. It's, a, it's a double edged sword. Mm -hmm. However, let's look at policing this way. We have people that get a gun, a badge, go through a certain amount of training, you know what I'm saying, and that's it. And then, no, I'm 12. 12. <laughs> no, I ain't 12. It ain't 12. It ain't 12. No, but you know a couple times. Listen, but listen, but listen, though. You can be on the force. About that much time. You can be on the force for extended period of time. Y'all, wow. Years. space. You can be in extended period of time, years, right? Yeah. But you only get a little bit of training. Yeah. You get people that are in the sense they don't go to they don't go to school. You know what I'm saying? Not saying that being college educated is bad or good. I'm saying like. You understand where people are at right here. But then we expect, we expect these extraordinary, like not unrealistic, but in a sense like, why do we expect so much out of people when they don't get that much training from the system mm -hmm. to, do what the, to do what we want them to do? I can't expect somebody to have so much common sense when in their head is not common and they're trying to do, be a police officer where the sense is dangerous for their life, for their sake, and right. for someone else's sake. Hold on, yeah, because yeah. my thing is like, because my thing is like, we don't expect the same thing out of maybe a soldier. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because a soldier gets a, a very large extent amount of training for his job if he's in combat and shit like that. Mm -hmm. He goes does his thing, but right. an officer gets kind of less. Yeah. And then we expect, oh no, like, why you didn't like? Well, Donald said, yo, why he getting put over this? It's like, well, nigga, if in his head. He's coming with already equipped tools to like, yo, damn, like black people do this, right? Because mm -hmm. I don't know if there's any like training on, um, what I want to say, how what how race racist yeah, yeah, yeah. stereotypes. You know what I'm saying? Racial bias. I can't expect and, yeah, so yeah. much of somebody when you don't when they don't get that much to even work with in itself. Now mm -hmm. I'm excuse for please. Yeah. But I'm just keeping it real. Hold on, let Chris thing go. Excuse for me. I think even <laughs> to go off of that, like their training is also like they're barely getting training, but then you're putting them in these foreign communities where they've never been. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's just like, of course, a police officer from Pepper Pike, and then they're going to EC. They're already, there's not so many they black people. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So it's just like you barely have training as it is, and then you're around these foreign people that, so you're going to assume. Not to say that it's okay and it's right, but what do you expect? Well, so, so then do you like, do you mandate like, a certain amount of East Cleveland kids that graduate their high school should be cops. There's no solution. I mean, well, so let me hold on. So, 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 wait, hold on one second. I want to challenge that thought because, are with one with just the state of the world. I'm not even talking about now, but I'm just talking about with the way people are. You have good people, you have bad people. Can we afford to have cops in the police academy for an entire two years? 
or do we need cops to be able to graduate and then hit the ground running? You see what I'm saying? About a year. If we're going to do it in a, in a right way, that we're not sitting here like we are now discussing the the unfortunate events that have gone on, yeah. it would need to be at least a year. You know what I should have done was I should have invited a police officer from Cleveland Heights. From Cleveland Heights to defend himself. Shamaya, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say, um, so I was looking on Instagram at cert in certain countries, their training is like two years. Mm -hmm. um, but also, we have the most laws. Like, United States have the most laws, has the most prisons, um, um, and has the most people in jail in the world. Yeah. So we have to look at more of just the policing. We have to look at the laws um, yeah. and decriminalize a lot of things that are um, privy to black communities. Yeah. Mm. That's where I think it would have to start. So yeah. it needs to be like from the top-down type situation right. to really like make some changes. Um, and then we have to realize that um, the culture of policing and police officers in general that came from like slave patrol, right. like, mm -hmm. especially yeah. in the South, a lot of uh, a lot of white people like they already know I want to be a cop because they yeah. still have that mentality like mm -hmm. we're slaves we need to be policed right so you would have to completely like flip the culture of policing mm -hmm. totally totally yeah, and, yeah. and make um, racist white men not interested yeah and, and maybe it would be more of a uh, level playing field yeah but I don't know how that could happen to completely rip apart the justice system. Right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Rip that thing. Yeah. And legalize no. drugs. And also too. <laughs> like, no, but you know what though? Listen, but this is why I'm glad that we're having this conversation because I wanna I wanna say things that get those reactions out. Because yeah, because how else are we going to change the system? But it's, it's, yeah. it's a cultural thing. Like even thinking about like what you say about police in Amer American police, not other countries, American police. Right. Imagine every cop show you watch, at least three bodies is getting buried every episode. But no, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go the ahead, perspective go ahead. of being a cop is to shoot, kill. Like niggas be like Chicago BD. They catch three bodies every episode. Every episode. Every episode, and they no, they be like, there's no. Wait, are we talking about a TV show? Are we talking about? No, but that's perspective. Imagine you as a child growing up and being like, but but damn, like when I become a cop, I can do that. That's cool to do. You know what I'm saying? Right. Also, too, like bro, like our police is down there military. For real, like, yeah. like force, you feel me? Like, yeah. in, like in London, them niggas don't carry straps for real, unless they about to go SWAT team. Fact. Like, niggas ain't out here with the, with the with the with the gats like that. No, yeah. too yeah. many laws, T too much what? legislation. Like, it's American. So, so American can you pass that to Eric? So we, yeah. Mm -hmm. So this year I was able to do jury it's duty. Many guns out. And I did a criminal case when I did jury Okay. Duty. Wait, can so, you talk about Yeah, that? for sure. I can talk about it. It's all over. Right. You, oh, you. So, <laughs> so, you, so, when so all that clapping I was <laughs> yeah. doing, I yeah. got a black man off, period. Out of 12, out of, out of, out of 11 jurors, oh, yes. I told my best friend, I, I, Ace, no. I said I wasn't walking out that room until I got the verdict that I want. They were trying to get him on six charges. I said the only one they could get him is on one. Nevertheless, this was the best experience of my life. Even going to a white, even going to white schools was because I was able to sit in a room with a, with a bunch of people I never had met. We all were from different backgrounds. We all had to get interviewed for this blase, blase, blah. And the comments that came out of it, the the the, the just seeing how I see how I see how George Zimmerman got off. Mm -hmm. I see how people get off because if you sit in a room and you close mind and you don't stand up for what's right, mm -hmm. then you then, then people will. Just, just little things. So basically, my criminal case was a young black man. He was in a car with some friends, and they were selling weed to somebody. And um, somebody got shot, and somebody drove away. Now, of course, that's that's what they give you. So you're like, oh shit, he did it. He, and he, you know, he guilty. But it was so much more to it. You know right. what I'm saying? And they were tr they were trying to convict this one black man. They were trying to convict convict this one black man of six counts that none of it made sense. But those white people sat in that room and made it make sense. So it was hard going back. Listen, I had to call her every night because I, as a black person, I was fucked up. Like, bro, what am I gonna do? Like, this is I feel like this is a lot of pressure on me because 
it's only me and like three other black people in the room. What's me and two other black people, and they not men, they women. So you got white men in there going hard on me. You know what I'm saying? I made a joke like shit. I do. So I said I am bilingual. I said I speak English and I speak Ebonics. So I walk out this room and talk to a black person. You have no clue what I'm saying, but they do. They thought that was they thought that shit was funny. I'm not laughing because we we can we can communicate. And I know this young man didn't do it. By the end of the case, I walked out of there. He got kidnapping, and the only reason he got kidnapping was because if I grab your hand and, and take. You right there, that's kidnapping. I said, that's the only reason he moved the vehicle. I said, but all that gun, all the other shit, all the residue, I said, that does not make sense, but they tried to make it make sense. So it, it is about knowing your laws, but laws are so fucking black and white. Like, well, I, I, I can see how he could be convicted is because it kind of makes sense, but without a reasonable doubt, fuck that. No, y'all don't have enough evidence. That was the hardest shit of my life because as a black person, they was looking at me like, here come this angry black woman, here she go in here being hard. But I, I had to, you know what I'm saying? By the end of the, and then, but, and then to figure out at the end of the case that somebody had already played out guilty because he was the one that had did the shooting. Wow. So if I had a sat in that case and not said nothing, he would have went to jail for so many. This 18 year old boy would have went to jail for years for some shit that somebody had already played out. But they didn't tell that till afterwards when the case was over. Yo, so hold on, so wait. Yo, wait, hold on, can't, wait, wait, can't, yo, can everybody clap, can everybody clap it for themselves? Because we are on like what five minutes left, and we about to cut off. Oh, so yo, so no, 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 you did, you did exactly why we reached out. So thank you to all of you all for coming through um, and making this happen. This is the very first project um, in safe space, um, and hopefully we will be able to do another one. So. Thank you all. Um, thank you for anybody who tuned in to today's very first episode of Safe Space. Um, like, subscribe, vibe to everybody's stuff. We got Coffee and Cream podcast here. We got Alex, AKA Handsome Center. I call him Alex. Does mama call him Alex? I'ma call him Alex. <laughs> we got Kristen uh, from, is it Kristen Lorray on YouTube, vlogger. We got Shamaya from uh, the Faith and F-Boys podcast. Um, we got Jordan, artist, blogger, social, we got everything. We got everything in the building. Bad side, Don, y'all know I'm with the same two dudes. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Um, until next time. <laughs>